This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. This is a place for Christians who suspect that spiritual truth is bigger than the forms of Christianity that dominate the American religious landscape. This is also a place for non-Christians to hear a different take on Christianity. God has been speaking since the Big Bang, 13.7 billion years ago, long before there were human beings, written scriptures, and religious traditions. In this podcast, I will be exploring that wider revelation. I will be interpreting books like the Chinese classic The Tao Te Ching from a Christian perspective. I will explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the unitive life, which I refer to as non-duality, or union with God. Along the way, we will also listen to the critique of religion by atheists and humanists. In their own way, these champions of reason and science are spiritual teachers also. The Chinese word Tao means the way, which is how Jesus referred to himself, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life is what the Apostle John calls the Logos, or the Word, when he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. According to the book of Acts, the earliest Christians called their spiritual path simply the Way. This podcast is about this ancient and primordial way. This is the Tao of Christ. For the first few episodes, I'm going to be reading from my 2013 book, The Tao of Christ, a Christian version of the Tao Te Ching. I dedicated this book to my philosophy professor at Denison University, Malin Hep, 1913-1986, professor of Chinese philosophy and language, mentor and friend, a devout Quaker who loved the Tao Te Ching. Preface I am a Christian who loves the Tao Te Ching. I loved the Tao Te Ching before I loved Christ. When I came to know Christ, I recognized him as the one celebrated in the Tao Te Ching. Christ is the Tao. The statement might send shivers down the spine of some evangelical Christians who are suspicious of non-Christian spiritual traditions. But theologically speaking, it is not a radical statement for a Christian to make. Natural revelation has a long and honored place in Christian theology. Christianity has always taught that God reveals himself in the natural world. The Apostle Paul says in Romans, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Romans 1.20 God has revealed his divine nature to all peoples at all times and places. Therefore, it is not strange to find evidence of God's general revelation in the spiritual literature of the world's peoples. In Chinese culture, this natural revelation of God is best articulated in the Tao Te Ching, an anonymous book of poetry written in the 6th century BC. It is attributed to Lao Tzu, which simply means old master. Tao means the way. 
This is also the earliest term used by the followers of Jesus for Christianity. It is the term that Jesus used for himself. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In the earliest and still the most popular Chinese translation of the New Testament, the word Tao is used for the eternal Christ before his incarnation as Jesus of Nazareth. The first verse of the Gospel of John is translated, In the beginning was the Tao, and the Tao was with God, and the Tao was God. English translations say, In the beginning was the Word. Word is the translation of the Greek word logos. In ancient Greek philosophy, logos was the divine principle underlying the physical world. The Apostle John understood that the Logos of Greek philosophy was the pre-incarnate Christ. Early church fathers, such as Justin Martyr and Clement of Alexandria, followed the Apostle's lead. They described Greek philosophers, such as Socrates and Plato, as Christians before Christ, because of their knowledge of the Logos. Tao is the equivalent concept in Chinese philosophy. God has not left himself without a witness in any culture, according to Acts 14.17. In Chinese culture, that witness is expressed as Tao. Accordingly, in my translation of the Tao Te Ching, I have rendered the word Tao as either God or Christ, depending on the context. When the text refers to one who embodies Tao, I have translated it as Christ whom Christianity understands to be the incarnate word. Many phrases in the Tao Te Ching echo concepts and passages in the Christian scriptures. I have tried to make those connections explicit. I use the word gospel to describe the eternal message of God in much the same way that the New Testament says that the gospel was proclaimed to the Hebrew people centuries before the birth of Christ, according to Hebrews 4.2. It is my hope that this Christian interpretation of the Tao Te Ching will reveal how God worked in the hearts of the Chinese people long before the first missionaries ever told them about Jesus of Nazareth. It is also my hope that this translation will make it easier for Christians to hear the voice of Christ in this ancient Chinese work. Tao Te Ching, Chapter 1 The God who can be described is not the true God. The name that can be spoken is not the name of God. God is unnameable. Naming God is the beginning of religion. Let go and you find God. Hold on and you get theology. Knowing God and not knowing God are ultimately the same. Their source is unknowing. In the beginning, darkness was on the face of the deep. Know this, and you know all. Chapter 2 If you view some things as beautiful, you will view other things as ugly. If you judge some people as good, you will judge others as bad. Opposites create each other. 
There is no easy without difficult, no long without short, no high without low, no before without after. But Christ transcends opposites. He acts without acting and teaches without words. He does not resist what is. He owns nothing, yet has all. He acts without regard to what people think. After he has done something, he does not worry about it any longer. That is why his works are eternal. Chapter 3 If you give leaders power, people become powerless. If you value material things, people will want them and do anything to get them. Christ leads by having nothing, emptying minds of desires, feeding the hungry, weakening worldly ambitions, and strengthening the spirit. He calls people to give up everything, to live simply and free from the desires of the eyes, the lusts of the flesh, and the pride of the mind. Do nothing by your own strength, and God will accomplish all things. Chapter 4 Christ is a well that never runs dry. He is the eternal source. All things come through him. He blunts what is sharp, loosens what is tight, shades the unprotected. In him all things hold together. He is hidden, yet in plain sight, unbirthed, he is the Ancient One. Chapter 5 God does not play favorites. God looks upon both the good and evil. Christ is impartial. He loves the righteous and unrighteous. God is spirit, formless, yet forming everything. God cannot be used up. Neither can God be described. The more you speak of God, the less you understand God. Live from this center. Chapter 6 The Spirit is Mother Emptiness which gives birth to the universe. The spirit is within, usable, and inexhaustible. Chapter 7 God is infinite and eternal, never born, never dying. God has no desires, and is therefore available for all creatures. Christ takes the lowest place and is exalted to the highest place. He is not attached to earthly things and therefore enjoys all things. He empties himself 
and is thereby complete. Chapter 8 Goodness is like water, which gives life to all living things. It assumes the lowest places, and is like God. When choosing a place to live, stay close to the earth. In prayer and meditation, keep silent. In relationships, be gentle. In speech, be honest. In governing, be just. In all things, be present. When you do not judge, you will not be judged. Chapter 9 A full cup easily spills. A sharp knife quickly dulls. The more things you own, the easier they are to lose. People in high places fall the hardest. After you have done your work, think no more about it. This is the way of heaven. Chapter 10 Can you embrace the divisions within your soul? Do this and you will be whole. Can you give your full attention to the Spirit? Do this and you will become a little child. Can you cleanse your heart? Do this and you will be perfect. Can you lead people by love without imposing your will? When God gives and takes away, can you accept it as God's will? Can you embrace not knowing? Do this and you will understand all. God creates all things and nourishes all things without possessing all things. God does everything yet boasts of nothing. God causes things to happen, yet does not control them. This is a divine mystery. Chapter 11 Spokes unite in the hub, but it is emptiness at the center that makes the wheel turn. A pot is made of clay, but it is emptiness in the center that holds the contents. A house is made of wood, but it is emptiness within the walls that makes it habitable. A human is made of flesh and blood, but it is emptiness at the center that makes us useful. Chapter 12 The visible blinds the eye, the audible deafens the ear, the flavorful numbs the tongue, thoughts confuse the mind, desires deaden the heart. Christ beholds the outer world, yet is guided by inner sight. He is in the world, but is not of the world. 
Chapter 13 Success and failure are equally dangerous. They are nothing more than personal opinions. How are success and failure equally dangerous? Failure is fear that one will not succeed. And success is fear of failure. Both are fear, and equally to be feared. What does it mean that both failure and success are nothing more than personal opinions? Success is a thought in the mind, and failure is a thought in the mind. They have no reality apart from your mind and your understanding of yourself. Love the whole world as yourself, and you will gain all things. Chapter 14 We look for it, but cannot see it. So we call it invisible. We listen for it, but cannot hear it. So we call it inaudible. We try to grasp it, but cannot hold it, so we call it non-material. We cannot describe it, so we call it oneness. It is neither high nor low, bright nor dark. It is unceasing, unnameable, neither something nor nothing. It is the form of the formless, the image of the invisible, impermanent and ineffable. It is without beginning and without ending. When we know the Spirit, the Spirit directs our paths. To know as we are known is the beginning of wisdom. Chapter 15 In ancient days, those who were born again were not like those who claim that label now. Their wisdom was subtle and profound. They comprehended mysteries beyond human knowledge or description. They walked the earth gently, like a person crossing a frozen stream. They were aware of their surroundings, like a soldier in enemy territory. They were as considerate as a guest, impermanent as a melting icicle, unpretentious as uncut wood, open as a valley, opaque as muddy water. How does one make muddy water clear? Be still, and the water will clear in time. How does one become still? Let everything happen, and stillness appears. Those who practice this ancient way are not full of themselves. Not full of themselves, they appear ordinary to others, but they alone are complete. Chapter 16 Embrace emptiness to the uttermost. Guard stillness steadfastly. All things are active and then return to rest. All things grow and then return to the root. 
returning to the root is stillness. In stillness, they have fulfilled their destiny. We were born to follow this path. To realize this truth is wisdom. To be ignorant of it results in evil and discord. Knowing this way produces openness and tolerance. Openness and tolerance produce community. From community comes morality. From morality comes holiness. In holiness, one draws near to God. Drawing near to God brings long life on earth and eternal life in heaven. Chapter 17 When godly leaders govern the land, people are not aware of them. The next best are leaders who are loved by the people. Next are those who are feared. The worst are those who are despised. When faith in God declines among leaders, people's faith in leaders decline. The best leaders speak honestly, placing great importance on integrity. They do their work humbly and successfully. Then the people say, we did it. Chapter 18 When God is forgotten, morality and religion appear. When wisdom declines, knowledge and learning thrive. Hypocrisy becomes commonplace. When there is no love in the home, people talk about family values. When a culture is in decay, nationalism flourishes. Chapter 19 If there were no religion, people would be more spiritual. If there were no laws, people would be more moral. If there were no wealth, there would be no greed or theft. Getting rid of these three is not practical, so try these three practices instead. Hold fast to what is eternal. Live simply with purity. Weaken your attachment to the self and its desires. Chapter 20 The mind is the problem. What is the difference between yes and yea? Hardly anything, yet the mind finds it. What is the difference between good and evil? Great difference, yet the mind ignores it. Fear is in the mind. How deep and wide is fear? What is fear afraid of? Questioned fear. Everyone acts like they are at a party. Only I am uninterested and calm, like an infant before it has learned to smile. Everyone is rich, overflowing with possessions. I am poor, with no place to lay my head. I have given up all things. My mind is empty of all thoughts. Others are knowledgeable. I know nothing. 
Others are the life of the party. I am a wallflower. Others act with deliberation. I flow with the river. Others are skillful. I blow with the wind. I am different from all others. I am an infant nursing at the breast of God. Chapter 21 The highest way to live is complete surrender to God. But God is not who or what you think God is. God is formless, yet manifested in form. God cannot be measured, yet is the source of everything. God has been known by people from the beginning of history. By God all things are known. How do I know God? I know God by God. No one comes to God except through God. You've been listening to The Tao of Christ. The series is available in book format under the title The Tao of Christ, a Christian version of the Tao Te Ching at Amazon.com. You can find my podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can find my blog at marshalldavis.us. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.